Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Rory, how are you? I'm great, Pam. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to be here with you. My goodness, I love your energy. I love what you're doing in the world, your story, your everything. I cannot wait to dig into that today. Very fun. Let's do it. <laughs> so, Rory, you've had a bit of an interesting trajectory going from healthcare, if I recall correctly, into, into the construction industry, which I find incredibly fascinating. And just everything about your story is incredible. And I want to bring it back quite a bit for you and ask you this question because I really want to know where it all stemmed from. Now, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? I would say ultimately it was probably thinking about my kids. I think when you have children, which you're going to find out fairly soon here, that you want to make sure that you're teaching them the messaging you want. And the message I wanted to teach is that you are never stuck and set. You can start off in one direction and you can finish off in another and it's really okay. And I think that that's sort of how my journey was. I am a clinical social worker by background. I do not practice clinically and I never really have, but I, I got into the construction mindset because my dad is an architect. I grew up around that. And I knew that at some point in my consulting life world that I wanted to do something more sustainable and different. I wanted to have a little bit more fun. And I don't think you get Oh, I'm, you know, I'm in my fifties now, but I don't think it's ever too old to start over again. So that's, that's what I did. I, I, I did something a little different and unique. And I took it from the idea is I, I'm going to do it because I, I can, and I'm going to give it a shot. And I really loved, I loved that journey piece for myself, knowing that my kids can have that same identity. I absolutely love that Rory. And like to dig deeper and kind of rewind it back a little bit, like what was your biggest inspiration like as a kid? Who or what, I guess I should say. Yeah, that's a great question. My biggest inspiration. I think I really have enjoyed architecture in general. I think having the parent that would show you a home or a building or any type of structure and say, look at this and not just see steel or brick or wood and find beauty and uniqueness and understanding that was just something really special to me. And I never realized that it was something important to me until I started to realize what I wanted to do when I grew up at 48. So, you know, that was kind of the journey. So I think, uh, you know, my dad will probably laugh if he does listen to this, but he was definitely inspirational around that piece is looking at beauty through something that's built and put together with your hands. I absolutely love that. I love it. So what did you want to be as a kid? Like, what was your dream growing up? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, people often say like, how do you go from social worker to construction? But you know, the, the tie that binds all of that is, is humans. I really do enjoy being around people, learning from people. I lived in many, many places, many, many states, other countries. I just 
spend a lot of time traveling. And so I think that the core line between what I'm doing now is much more social worky like than, than people really maybe think about when you're managing a business. But I look at it as I'm providing a service to people and I'm trying to give them something now that's really meaningful and worthwhile. It just now is now made out of a steel structure versus something, you know, something else. It's been a lot of fun. So my inspiration might've been my dad, but the, the core piece is, is being able to do something and give back in a way that is productive. I absolutely love that. Yeah, because most people will probably ask you like, what is the correlation between between the two? And I'd love to kind of hear your journey of how you got into social work in the beginning and then how that transition really happened because it's it's a it's a big jump. <laughs> it, at least logistically. It's like a you know your leap of faith, I guess, when you think about it. But I went from the 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 clinical piece of social work really into the business piece of social work and working within healthcare and doing a lot of consulting and a lot of management consulting around there. So if you you tie those pieces, the human behavior piece, the leadership development piece, all of that kind of goes. But it really was that pivotal moment when I woke up at 48 and I said, I want to start a business. And I turned and I looked at my husband and I said, I'm starting a business. And he said, oh, great. What do you want to start? And I said, I want to start a construction business and I'd like to repurpose shipping containers. And he thought I was nuts. You know, I mean, he's like, okay, this is so out there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, how does this even happen? But, you know, if you, if you get to know me a little bit better, I, I don't tend to just throw things out there. It means I've probably been thinking about it and processing it for a long time. And I just never shared it with anybody. It's the only child in me. But, uh, you know, it was really like, I, I wanted to do something different. I want to live differently. Therefore, other people may want to live differently. And oh, look, other countries have been doing this for a long time. How can we do this really well and, and make a difference? And, um, and as you start to dig in, and you know, because of your real estate background is that we're in this housing crisis, people are in need, there's always a need for something sustainable. And uh, it was kind of a no brainer, it just all kind of came together over the last couple of years. I absolutely love that, Rory. Well, it's so interesting because going from social work to construction, totally different thing. And then, you know, at 48 too, where like people think like, oh, my life is, you know, like I'm too old for this. Like, absolutely not. You are so young, so much potential. There's so much that you could do. Like, what? Are you kidding me? You know, some people stop themselves before they even dare to dream, which is right you know, the most dangerous, the most dangerous thing ever, but, you know, kind of before you got into the social work now, did you grow up in Illinois? I didn't grow up in Illinois. I grew up all over the place. I, people will say, you know, where are you from? And I always turn and I say, well, Dan's from Cleveland because he's easy. That's my husband. I'm a mutt. I grew up all over the place, lots of different states. You know, I spent my high school years in Michigan, so I'm connected in that way. And my parent, my mom has since passed away, but my dad still lives in Ohio. Now he's been there for, for quite some time. I went to school, undergrad out East. I went to graduate school in the Midwest. We lived in London. We lived in San Francisco. We, um, you know, we've really kind of been all over because isn't that part of the journey, like the exploration piece? I, I would say that if you could spend your money on one thing, it should be on travel because 
best part of education. And if you want to put Thai architecture into that piece that you, you know, all over the world, we're a young country, you know this for a fact, overseas, when you say 100 year old, that's nothing, you know, my house is 100 years old, big deal, you know, you're talking thousands of years old when you're in other places, so. Absolutely. And you're like, how the hell did they build this, you know, to last for so many years? I'm like, this, you know, you look at some structures here and you're like, this isn't even like, how is this even standing? (laughs) Shame on us for putting that mentality into something that we build nowadays because we don't need to be doing that. We can build really quality lasting structures now too, with a little bit of effort. So yes. Absolutely. My God, I love that you've been all over too. Cause I feel like once you see, once you travel the world, it's like your worldview just entirely shifts, you know? And it's like a totally different arena, you know, me growing up in Europe, I, cause I came to the U S when I was five, you okay. know, so it was a totally different, you know, I grew up in Rome, Italy. So imagine like you're in like a fairy tale living one much. of my most favorite cities in the universe. <laughs> old i mean you walk around rome and that ancient is really the the word that everyone uses for a reason i mean the architecture is spectacular and you're you walk through you're like i feel like i'm in a book like my hair is this right (laughs) you know And, and much like you like my i've loved architecture from day one you know i remember you know growing up we'd go to see christmas lights on like these in the most beautiful neighborhoods yeah and i would marvel at like the gables of the houses and the siding and the way that this looked and all of that stuff, you know, you're just like obsessed with it. You know, I'm like, mom, I want to drive through and see the houses in all the different, all the different neighborhoods. So I'm like begging my mom and dad to take me for rides. And that's what we used to do. <laughs> and it's not necessarily that I wanted all of this, this beauty. I mean, we will go to neighborhoods with these spectacular homes. You know, we're talking you know, 10, 15, 20 plus thousand square feet home. And I love it. And I can appreciate the beauty. I don't want to clean that home, but <laughs> I, I don't want to furnish that home. I will appreciate and enjoy your space. And I really hope you love your home too. But, you know, there's, um, there's always a threshold of enjoying beauty, but it doesn't mean you have to have all of that either. It's all good. Totally. No, totally. My gosh. And, and I mean, the transition from social work into construction. Like I know that that definitely was not easy. And especially as this was your first business, if you will, right? It is technically. I mean, I had as a management consultant, I was my own independent Mm -hmm. contract consultant, but as a woman too, in construction, I mean, I don't have to share that with you. I'm trying to find (laughs) my peeps I'm finding. and, And there are fantastic people that I have most recently become friendly with and and have a relationship with now in the industry. But I'm trying to tackle a business in a market space that just doesn't always know what to do with me. And, uh, and, and that's okay. You know, just keep plugging through and you find the right people and the right support and, and um, build your network around there. But that was the other core thought in my process. I have a, a son and a daughter and is that I wanted to be able to share with both of them, like, especially my daughter, you can do anything. You really can. You're no different. You got this. If you really want to push through it, you can do it. So, you know, I, I took on that. I, I I think in some ways it's um maybe dumb energy. You said you love my energy. It's, sometimes it's like dumb energy is that I don't always think it through in the, in the way that 
says that maybe you can't do this or you shouldn't. No, I'm fine. I'll do it. I got this. <laughs> so I'm like jumping in. And then you're, you know, it's like sink or swim. Well, so you don't want to sink. So you just keep treading until you get there. I love that Rory though, but I, you know what it is that's amazing about that is I'm the same exact way, right? I'm like, if I believe in something and like my, my heart and my passions around it, like there is no stopping that. Yeah. Period. And no, regardless of people are like, Oh my God, okay. You haven't done it. And I'm like, well, listen, if I've, especially if I've seen it done before, I know I can do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Especially because I'm going to tap onto that person to, to help guide me through that and be that model for me to go out there and crush it. It's still not easy though. I mean, like women in general, I mean, and we well, let's talk about women in construction for sure, because that's a very hot topic. And what I'm loving lately is seeing how many women are actually stepping out into the investment space and the construction mm-hmm. space and really like opening up. It's like a whole new revolution is happening and it's really exciting. And, you know, I think it's definitely time to address that and and really how just how difficult it actually is and how even more so critical for women to come together and have that community i think that was the the issue especially the generation above me my my parents generation and women is that we were not taught the whole collaboration in the workforce and now we're finally seeing that yes not only is it necessary and we need it we want it it's desired. And there's a lot of great women out there that can help you out and uh, help you find your path and uh, figure out what you don't know. And it's okay. Absolutely. And these women are showing up everywhere. And I say to anyone who's listening like right now, like if you are interested in something, stepping into a field, especially that's male dominated, such as this, reach out. There is a woman back somewhere that's, there is. Us, that's yeah. willing to be like, yes, I've got you. What has been your experience with, with that, Rory? I think one of the things that I learned from a social work perspective and the hardest thing to incorporate is to ask for help. And I don't have to be an expert. I do not need to be the smartest person in the room. And lots of times I'm certainly not, but it's finding those other resources and saying, hey, you've done this. Or even if you haven't, you have a skill set around it. I'm all about big brain power. And big brain power means that you don't have to have done exactly what I'm looking to do, but you're smart enough and you're resilient enough to figure it out with me. So be in the trenches with me, sort of that whole Brene Brown concept around that is it's just asking for the help and and you'll you'll get it people will help you figure it out there is somebody that knows how to do it so don't just sit there and tread by yourself someone has you love that rory i love that and when you were first starting out in this transition like what were some of the first steps like you said your husband was like what (laughs) what were some of the first steps that you took into this journey because it was like a complete like 180 from what you were doing on a logistics um standpoint from a logistics standpoint Well, I'll say that there were several really prevalent pivots that I took in the course of the last few years. And that was based on learning. That was based on falling down a couple of times and realizing the need in the market space. You know, you can spend a lot of time researching and that's what I did and and talking to people and, and learning and going out there. But at the end of the day, until you're actually doing it, 
you don't always know what some of the pitfalls are. So our first pitfall when we started is that when we were repurposing the shipping containers, we anticipated it doing for second homes, large scale homes. We got licensed and certified in 50 states and we thought that's great, we can do this anywhere. That was very difficult and when COVID hit and we realized that wasn't our market space. Oh, and by the way, my big pull around sustainability and living smaller and um, using my resources better, that was not where I wanted to be. And so we looked at the backyard offices and we looked at how the shipping container can be transformed into the ADU spaces that you and I have talked a lot about and really focused on, on what was that need and how to get to market. So that was our first big pivot. And then our second pivot was taking stuff from on-site to off-site. And that was huge for us. And so this last year when we got into our factory to be able to build to scale, to be able to be climate controlled and quality controlled, that was probably the biggest moment in the company's uh, last few years uh, pivot to make a big difference. And so, you know, I, I look at those as milestones. I look at those as as learning curves. And you say like, what was some of your first what did I do in the beginning besides the research and talking to everybody? I have a wonderful human being in my life as a mentor, and I've had a couple now. And I, I collect mentors, I think. You know, these are people that I can rely on, that I can call up and have that bad day, that I can come up and, and throw ideas out and have them really kind of work through them with me. And I have a couple of very strong, powerful mentor women that I have... Um, that have known me for a long time. And I have a couple of men too that have become my mentors in the industry. And, and I think that that would be one of the biggest advice pieces I would tell people is get a mentor, find someone that you can trust to really be yourself, to have those really hard conversations and that will tell you the truth and help you through them. Absolutely. I mean, those who have been there and done that and kind of serve as the model and the sounding board for you, especially when you're first starting up, because going from an industry like social work into construction and shipping home containers and this kind of thing, which is like a totally, still in the U.S., it's fairly new concept. Like this is all, like we are just not even scratching the surface, I want to say, you know, but like it's a brand new kind of concept and model and how do you mitigate that risk, you know, and create something that's sustainable and for the long term, because it's definitely, it's not easy jumping from industry to industry and especially starting it from scratch. It isn't. And it's not for the faint of heart. I've had a couple of people, young people come and and talk with me about what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And I really have sort of that philosophy that there are two types of entrepreneurs. And you need, if you want to do this, you got to figure out which one you are. They're the entrepreneurs that are the big thinkers that have wonderful ideas that really have come into a room and light up a room and, and have all that sparkle and, and can really help people foster really cool direction. And that's a, you need those people. Those are visionaries. They're, they're terrific. And then there's the other, the entrepreneur that has some of that because that's what got them to decide to start a business. But being an entrepreneur and living in the trenches every single day, you got to have grit. I mean, there are moments where you're like, 
oh my God, what did I do? Why am I here? And am I, you know, am I going to make it kind of feeling? And that's a whole nother level of entrepreneurialism that I think that people need to understand. And you might be good at one and not good at the other. And that's really okay. Uh, that doesn't mean if you're an entrepreneur, you need to start your own business from scratch. It, it might mean that you have good vision that you can help someone else start their own vision from scratch. So it, it's those pieces to understand yourself. Totally, totally agree with you. I mean, execution is everything. Everyone yeah. can uh, everyone can speak and be happy and do the things and, you know, talk about ideas. And, you know, theoretically, it sounds incredible, but then the logistics are really where yeah. it comes down to the nitty gritty. I mean, everybody loves what I'm doing. Everyone loves the shipping container and they should because it's fantastic. And we're in a crisis of 23 million shipping containers sitting around doing nothing. And we're an import driven company. I don't have to sell people on what I'm doing. They love the concept. We know that there's a housing crisis. We know that all of this exists. So the concepts and ideas of what I'm trying to put out there that's a no-brainer. It's getting into the execution piece and, and really powering through the, the layers of, of um, people that you have to get through that make the big difference. Totally, totally. And for those listening that are like, what's an ADU? What's a shipping home container? Rory, can you break that down a little bit? Yeah, you know, that's a big buzzword. Sometimes I think I forget, you probably think this too, is the ADU is the accessory dwelling unit. And really th that almost doesn't mean anything because in different municipalities, it can look a little different from their code standpoint. But an ADU is anything that you would have that would be separate from your main unit in your backyard space that you could use anything from an office to an artist studio to a therapy room to a yoga room to having your adult parent have an independent space in your backyard or an adult child that is you know, trying to save money to, to buy a home and wants some independent space. So now you have this wonderful little unit in your backyard. People have you know, guest suites and things like that, but this is a separate unit. And we have repurposed the shipping containers because we know, uh, you know, this is actually, we got almost lucky for when we started this in the 2018 international code standard book, which is the Bible of all building code, shipping containers have been approved to build as dwellings and we build every code. So it's not from the, the ICC. Also, we look at municipalities. So when I'm saying that I'm building you a shipping container, I'm actually building you a dwelling like any other home that you would be living in. You would walk in and you would not know it's a shipping container because inside your walls are drywalled and wallpapered or different colors. You have your, your HVAC and your full plumbing and your electric and on the outside, Lots of times people clad them. So now it looks like a log cabin or for me, my English stucco home so that it blended into my community. So we're, we're repurposing this fantastic steel box into something that's actually pretty, pretty cool and oftentimes very elegant. Well, it's very versatile, which is what I love. You know, you're taking something that's really could be considered as wasteful and repurposing it. So not only from an environmental standpoint, is that incredible, but also you're providing quick solutions for housing and commercial, right? Our biggest hurdle in the construction industry in, in real estate. So most people are like, oh my God, real estate prices are so crazy. Do you want to know why they're so crazy? Is because anything that has to do with construction, labor, and materials are what marks up pricing of things. 
the construction costs are the hidden reason why we have such a housing crisis. It's not the housing. It's the process. And being in the industry for the last decade, you know, as I started when I was 21, I'm sitting here talking like I'm like I've been in this like decades, right? It feels like decades. Well, I've been in business since I was 10, right? But but like being in construction and you know, and being boots on the ground like GC and working with subcontractors and coordinating materials on site and doing like additions, renovations, new construction. I've learned so much. I'm like, I'm like, this is like so inefficient. Like there needs to be a better way. Like, why does one project take me anywhere from six to 12 months to complete? And then remember, you have the holding costs that happen with that. You know, you, you're also very, like, you can't really scale that, right? Like you really, really can't. And that's the hard part, right? So it's like, when you look at models like shipping home containers, like these are the kinds of things that you can crank out quickly and efficiently, which then makes it more affordable, which then addresses the problem, right? So you well, have a quality I mean, product. You, just, you sold my whole message. This is exactly why we did things modularly and why we're in a factory. I mean, no, n nothing to, to do with on-site except for the fact that I wanted it to be efficient. I wanted you know, from the control freak in me, I wanted to have know that my the product we were building, the quality we were we're doing and hashing over and over again was exactly the same. I wanted to be able to, to demonstrate that, you know, in, in front of everybody in our factory. And so you're right. It saves our costs, our material, our labor. Our workers have been with us since day one. We don't have turnover of labor because they really enjoy working in that particular setting and they don't have to deal with the weather and they don't have to deal with figuring out where the next project is. They don't have long commutes to where we're at. And, and so we, we considered all of those pieces to build this company successfully. Absolutely. And those are the inefficiencies in construction that's killing everybody. Right. So it's like this modification, this innovation, it's either you innovate or die right in these industries. And that, and so I'm so excited to see, you know, like this being, you know, SI being on the forefront of so much because this is revolutionary, truly. I mean, I really do believe shipping home containers, tiny homes, ADUs, I mean, that's really what's going to make a dent in the housing crisis, working with existing inventory. Yes, we can build more. Yes, we can do all of that. We can keep building out developments, helping property owners maximize what they've got now especially as the single family home is the, sig is the single biggest wealth piece for most American families. Like to be able to add on to that, I think is going to be really, really key. So I love your niche too in, in the ADU space um, and like backyard offices and stuff like that. That is innovation at its finest. That is where our world is heading, you know, and that is what people are looking for. People are using these ADUs yeah. for that rental income so that they can have that second stream of revenue. And, and that's priceless for people because it's very difficult to support roofs over people's heads and that shouldn't be. And so now we can turn over, you know, we build eight to 12 weeks. So from the time we get your containers into our factory to build for you, we can get you something placed on site in eight to 12 weeks and you can be renting that out. That's a big change. That's a big change. And that's really important for people. 
it's absolutely key and it can be life-changing, you know, for extended family that you have that instead of moving them out to like a nursing home, you know, they have their own facilities in the back and, you know, maybe can have a caretaker, which will probably be cheaper than a nursing home. You know what I mean? An office space in the back. I mean, it's just like endless. And I share this exact passion with you because I'm like, I see it. That is the future. That is the vision. That is where we're heading. And it's like, it's so exciting to be part of that movement you know, now, which is incredible. My goodness, my goodness, Rory. Just so, oh, I could talk about that all day. A- ADUs and all this amazingness all day, all day long. But I'd love to hear, this is my favorite question, truly. Uh, <laughs> my favorite. Well, you, you've, you've done a lot. Like, you know, transitioning from social work to the construction industry, all the work that you're doing now, the growth, just everything, and just your whole life experience. But I'm interested to hear, and this could be business or personal, but what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? Yeah, I hear that question and I actually haven't answered it myself. So I'm glad to be able to just think, think this out with you. And, and my initial gut would say, don't, don't be so afraid. Don't be so afraid. It's going to be okay. You know, in those moments of, of that agony of, I really don't know what the hell is going on and I don't know what's going to happen. And I is like, let go of that because you're going to be fine. Just keep going, just keep moving, you know? And I, I have a quote on my Instagram and, and it says, uh, don't quit, just rest. That sometimes we, we just get so bogged down that we're afraid and all we want to do is maybe throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel, take a deep breath, just rest, rest a little bit, get back up, keep moving forward. And, and I would just tell myself not to be so afraid of that, I think. But you can't do that when you're five years old or 10 or 13 or like the, the 16 year old girl or when I became a social worker, like would I have gone that path if I had known that now? Would I have spent that time getting my master's in, in clinical social work and working in Alzheimer's disease? Had I, had I you know, done that if I knew now? Who knows? My journey might have looked different, but you know, every, you come from somewhere for a reason. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rory. Oh my goodness. I just, I love your story. I love the trajectory. I love all the lessons that you've learned in between time you've dropped gems this entire, entire time. Now in your world, like what's happening in like the next few months, like what's, what's going on? We're doing some really, really fun things. So I can talk about the project that we just uh, had our first of the five pilots from the Boris Henson Foundation. So Taraji Henson has her foundation, Boris L. Henson Foundation, that Tracy Jenkins is the executive director, and they partner with the Kate Spade Foundation in New York to do wellness pods to support the young Black community uh, around mental health awareness. And so we did these wellness pods. The first one got placed on at Alabama State University. The second one's going to be placed out east. And so we're really excited to get that one going. But there, it's yoga studios and therapy rooms and really just supports the, the young women of color in their mental health journey. And so that's very special. So talk about, once again, tying social work and mental health and, and, and all of that into construction. So we just 
just did that. We're working on some other projects that are healthcare related projects. And we're then we're having some fun with um, with people with some rental. We put up a few rental units up in the state of Wisconsin near uh, the Dells that people can rent out now with our uh, partner Petite Retreats. We're, we're doing some fun things with some homes from second homes, some franchises. We got a lot cooking. You got you need to check out our website, you know, SICBS.com. We, we're always cooking something fun. So, you know, and we do have our warehouse. People can make an appointment to come if they're in the Chicago area to come up and see us and talk to us. And yeah, I can't wait to get you to come out. Yes. Oh my God. I can't wait to come out either. Oh my goodness. That all sounds so exciting. I love all the different integrations that you're doing kind of all across the country, right? It's going to be so cool to see all of it manifest and just like come to life. I've, I saw the ones that you did with the Henson Foundation. I was like, oh my God, these are so much fun. Like the- you want that in your backyard. I mean, really, oh, it's, fantastic. it's fantastic. Oh, oh my goodness. Rory, you are incredible. Absolutely inspiring. I cannot wait to see this revolution continue and un- unfold and how everything with SI grows in the future. I'm excited to be part of that in the future because I know oh, we've got a- hey whole re- whole revolution beginning together without without a doubt uh, you know along with especially some incredible women in the industry so before you go you got to let everyone know where to find you and your awesomeness you mentioned the website but if you want to just say it one more time so we're SI Container Builds, but the easiest way to remember us is SICBS.com, SICBS.com. And to let people know that the SI actually stands for Sustainable Imprints. So that was originally the, the whole idea and philosophy around the containers was to know we're re- repurposing and making something even more sustainable. So that's it. Rory, you're incredible. Thank Thank you so much. You are amazing. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Working like some underdogs, underdogs, underdogs.